Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus here we go. Jake and Josh are here to analyze the game they love for the team they love. This is another Dolphins Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Mendel and Josh Houts. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of another Dolphins Podcast. A lot to get to today. Vic Fangio is slinging mud. The Dolphins are interviewing more defensive coordinator candidates. And the senior bowl rages on. But before we get to all of that, hello there, Joshua. Merry Thursday, Jake. I think we get a uh, Pro Bowl competition tonight, too, as we're recording this. Uh, yeah, check your pulse if you're not fired up. So this will drop tomorrow, so we won't have the results of that. But we all know Tua Tumalo is going to tear that thing up. I think uh, Tyree Kill is also in dodgeball. But, dude, the season's coming to an end. We're sitting here talking about defense coordinators. There's commercials to talk about. Um, we're all over the place. But it's Thursday, and I'm happy to be here to talk about our favorite team with um, you, Jake. How have you been, man? How's your week going? Dude, the 24-7 NFL news cycle just continues to rage on, uh, what was it? I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday, former NFL quarterback Ron Jaworski appeared on 94 WIP in Philly. Joshua, do you know that, uh, you know that station? Yeah, and I was going to say, uh, let's not I forget former Eagles quarterback, right, Ron Jaworski. Let's make sure we throw that out there. He's got them hue-colored glasses just like we always wear over here. He broke down the biggest why I oughta from Vic Fangio ever. He pulled the coach's coach, Jaws said, I have connections as well around this league, and I hear another side of the story that there were some players on the defense that didn't want to work, didn't want to put in the time, didn't want to put in the effort, didn't want to make the commitment to being successful. Woof, man. So what we have developing here is Following the Miami Dolphins and Vic Fangio decided to part ways. Suddenly, we have some players coming out and tweeting things. Cam Smith at a little unlocked. It might look locked, but I promise you it was unlocked. We have Javon Holland kicking rocks for, I don't know if he meant for him to kick rocks, the Dolphins to kick rocks, Vic Fangio to kick rocks. Who knows? And then you have Drew Rosenhaus, who is the agent of about 11 players, maybe even more on that Miami Dolphins team who came out and said there were some people that liked Fangio. And that's important to keep in mind here. This isn't like a whole terrible situation here. 
but the majority really grew old of his, you know, coaching style, the one voice in the locker room type attitude, his inability to really let other coaches come to the table and present their work. So we have all these, I don't even want to, like mud, we'll say this mud being, you know, slinging around. We knew that Vic Fangio's side of the story was going to come out, but what were your thoughts on uh, kind of reading this report? I mean, Jaws goes further to say, South Beach is a really great place to party. Vic tried to get those guys. I mean, he tried to make Vic sound like the the hero, trying to make these guys all great stars, and he just couldn't reach them, couldn't make them maximize their potential. Yeah, and let's be honest, he's trying to hype up that new hire for his team. But um, the first thing I thought about is, oh, this dude must have X or, or Twitter, and he must have saw Xavier Howard making it rain in a strip club or something <laughs> like that. I think it's absolutely hilarious how Dolphin fans have, you know, gone completely charlie right charlie in the mailroom pepe silva you know oh my god they're talking about cam smith he's gonna have a huge year this season uh, you know who else could it be everyone's like speculating but at the end of the day um you know i kind of wasn't really that surprised right vic fangio comes from a different mindset a lot of this roster was young who knows what player he's talking about that didn't want to go out there and work but definitely the first thing i thought about with partying was uh xavier howard doing xavier howard things but um, yeah, I think Jaws is definitely just hyping this signing up. Let's be honest. But it's pretty crazy, though. It seems like a lot of players are happy. And this is the same. a lot of the same players just went through, what, Josh Boyer and Brian Flores? I mean, that might speak volumes to, you know, what kind of a coach they're working with Vic Fangio. But we wish him the best of luck, right? Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter for Monday Morning Quarterback, also sprinkled a little fuel on this fire here, saying Fangio insisted on being the lone voice in the defensive room, something – that chaffed other coaches and in time led to vulnerable defensive play caller losing some of his players. Interestingly enough, I mean, Josh, the Dolphins had some of their better performances late in the season where we were kind of hoping to see the offense do more. So if you want to spin zone this, is that a good sign for the uh, in-house options here for that defensive coordinator search? Or am I going too deep with this? No, I mean, you you might be onto something with that. Again, I just don't know how Mike McDaniel's looking at this thing, right? I got to yeah, say, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. The Ravens scored 56 points. I ain't going to sugarcoat it. So that, that is something I do want to keep in mind when I do say that I thought they played well at times at the end of the year. No, and I do, and it is kind of crazy that, you know, for as, I guess, dismal as the offense or how the wheels kind of fell off on the offense, so much of the focus is on defense. But, um, yeah, man, maybe that is speaking volumes to what Anthony Campanella could do, I believe. Uh, Ryan Slowick, the outside linebackers coach, was also a name that's been brought up. Um, he was another guy that they focused on a lot during Hard Knocks. You know, um, there was a quote that he had. I wish I had it, but it was something about just having that mentality, just always attack the ball carry. Or it was like, what? This is the, the three-mother effort game, right? We need three-mother efforts on this guy or something like that, he said. Um, but, yeah, so there are some in-house options there. How Mike McDaniel approaches thing, who knows? But um, definitely interested to see if more things trickle out here over the next few weeks because um, this is what the NFL is, right? We're sitting here. We're upset to see season's over but the season never rests and we're going to have all sorts of rumors and things like this leaking out throughout the year so make sure you stay tuned with another dolphins podcast because um we'll do our best to cover all of it man that's sounded very professional well done look at that i'll give you a little round of applause for that yeah so vic fangio hasn't even spoken since this has happened right this was a i have sources around the league cough cough so Keep in mind, this is someone who, when he was the head coach of the Denver Broncos, he said they couldn't beat the Chiefs because their quarterback sucked. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing slightly, but he really came out and blamed Drew Locke as like, we're not going to beat the Chiefs because he's our quarterback. He even came out and had to walk it back a little bit because that's how um, over the top it sounded. So I really wouldn't be surprised to see that first time um, he 
maybe kind of meets with that Philadelphia media, he might come out as someone who might throw a little bit more mud, but it's probably going to be something along the lines of this pretty generic, but I mean, that is what it is at this point. Yeah. And was it that Albert Breer article? Or was it a Peter King one that was surfacing where they almost made it sound like um, it really wasn't up to Vic Fangio as much as the dolphins were kind of pushing him out. Right. Was there was weird. some report going, yeah. okay, thank you. Cause I, I uh, get them all mixed up in my head, but yeah, man, we'll see what happens again. I'm sitting here crapping on him, you know, saying uh, I post memes and things, you know, wishing him horrible luck with the Philadelphia Eagles, but you can't fault a guy for wanting to go be closer to his family. So it sucks the way it ended. I'm interested to see what more tea gets spilled, but uh, we're on and to our next defensive coordinator. And hopefully they can uh, write this ship the way we hoped. Right. Were those, did the salary of Vic Fangio, what did you think it was coming into this year? Cause I mean, I remember was it wasn't salary. Yeah, like his per year and like his even like any of his contract details, because I remember there was like that Schefter report where they came out and said uh, making the highest paid coordinator, but they really didn't give too, too many details. The thing I thought that was interesting, that Albert Breer report, I think they he put in that report, I'm going to pull it up now, uh, details about that contract. I think it was a three year contract and he was making slightly less than four million dollars. So that got me I was going to say, I was going to guess four and a half. That was the first number that came to mind. But yep, yeah, I, it is. I, should, I need to read that article a little more because that sounds, go on, man. Tell me what it says. So the Dolphins had come to terms with him at the rate topping $4.5 million per year before the Eagles lost DC Jonathan Gannon. So the Dolphins, I think it's interesting that now it's coming out that how much the Dolphins were willing to pay him, even though that number wasn't as defined before. Um, I could be wrong that this came out, but I, I thought it was interesting that that was an important part of this um, article when Albert Brewer was kind of putting the details together that include, we decided that we don't want to continue with Vic Fangio. We, we need to do something a little different here, which kind of rang that, that Brian Flores issue of um, we got to just try something different. We, we feel like we've reached our ceiling. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of how this feels a little bit. Brian flores right? I mean, I'm picturing a Vic Fangio anamorph where he morphs into Brian Flores, right? That's just what I'm – I wish I wish I had that type of skill because that, that could be our uh, photo. But, yeah, man, um, they were like oil and water, I guess, and um, it's interesting that those details came out. Does that mean that maybe the Dolphins have that type of money to work with? I mean, we talked oh, yeah. about that a little Steven bit. Oh, yeah, Ross, man, he's, he's yeah. done everything. Are we going to drop the bag on that big name? Or are they going to go elsewhere? I mean, um, we'll see. But Vic Fangio, man, he – got paid the bag and um, it just didn't work out, but we liked what his defense did. Right. I think it was before the year we said top 10 or top five defense we would be happy with. And um, you know, for all, you know, he, he went out there and delivered that. Right. I believe the dolphins hit on all those things, broke different franchise records, but um, at the end of the day, it is what it is. Yeah. Earlier in the season when they were figuring things out, um, I think they were floating around 21st in total defense. And then we even heard on hard knocks. We people like Javon Holland saying, just give us time, you know, trust us to learn the system. And we saw them. I think they ballooned all the way up to sixth. I think they fell down and finished right around 11 and all those injuries on the defense. You, you, you got to keep in mind all those issues as well. But Josh, I think we both kind of zoned in on Vic Fangio as being that guy for the dolphins. He, he sounded like the, the perfect Odd couple situation for Mike McDaniel. I looked at it as Sean McVay and Wade Phillips, you know, winning a Super Bowl a few years ago. I thought having that veteran on the sideline, jokes on me, he wasn't even on the sideline, would be a huge difference maker. So a year later, we're preparing for a whole new defensive coordinator search, and we're seeing the Dolphins interview some young guys, interview some older guys like Leslie, Leslie Frazier. Where do you want him to go? Because I have no idea where I stand now. I, I thought I knew it last year. Obviously, I didn't. So I can't really pitch a take yet 
Well, great, because that's just going to be us, what, just sitting here, just passing it to the other person, waiting for someone to to take, um, you know, control. I, I mean, on the last pod, I said I really didn't care, wasn't going to plant my flag in anyone. And as these names start to come about, I kind of feel similar, right? I mean, you see Leslie Fraser, we know what he did with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, for me, that's similar to the Vic Fangio hiring, right? Maybe he doesn't have that bold personality. Maybe it won't be so much like oil and water. Maybe we won't see him sitting up in the press box, you know, just looking miserable i mean get down on the field man so um, i'm i'm liking the leslie frazier thing especially when it sounds like he was almost put as a scapegoat there with the bills right a lot of bills fans are like laughing at the dolphin fans that they would even contemplate bringing frazier and then it turns out that i think it was uh sean mcdermott that was in charge of that 13 second collapse a few years ago so um this was a guy you know their defense starting back we'll go to 2020 14th um in total yards 16th in points and then in 2021 they were first in both yards and points and then 2022 fourth and second in points so um i'm not going to run down all of the statistics but this to me it would be the best resume i would just wonder how they're going to um combine you know become that one um working machine right will he and leslie fraser have any sort of um philosophy differences there's a little bit of an age gap there i mean those things you don't really put too much um to put too much merit into, but when we just saw it with Vic Fangio, who knows? So I think I'm leaning towards Leslie Frazier right now, but I like the way they're taking a wide cast and going about, you know, bringing in just about every different prospect on the market. Um, Who who do you like, Jake? Is there anybody? We already said he didn't really um, like a certain person, but how do you feel about Leslie Frazier? I think we can't look at resume. That's a horrible saying. No, yeah, we can't look at what these people have ever done when we're judging what they're going to do for us. No, but I think if we're going to go, well, they have this uh, sustained success in the NFL. We just tried that with Vic Fangio. I don't know if Mike McDaniel is going to go in that direction. I'm kind of warming up to Brandon Staley. I don't know if that's just a deranged Dolphin fan in me that, like, I don't know what to do anymore. Let's just try it. Um, You mentioned Brandon Staley, and we do have to mention the Green Bay Packers hired a defense coordinator. So Brandon Staley, you know, the odds that he might end up falling to Miami, um, you know, might be a little bit greater now. Aside from Chris Shola, Chris uh, Kiffin, I mean, I'm not going to touch on him that long. The brother of Lane Kiffin, um, I believe the son of Monty, but um, I do not want to go that route. The name I did like, and I don't know how far we want to go on this list, but Anthony Weaver, the Ravens defense coordinator and assistant head coach, he had got two interviews with the Washington Commanders as a, a head coach. Obviously, they um, went a different direction today with Dan Quinn, but um, this was a guy who continues to rise up the ranks, a guy that, you know, has some of that veteran thing that you would want in a coach, you know, similar to Leslie Frazier, but also has a, he's young and can adapt a little bit. So I thought it was interesting with how much success we've seen out of the Baltimore Ravens defense over the years, that name being one. And, you know, now he's available. So um, give me your thoughts on some of these other names, Jake, and then maybe should we, should we plant our hat in them or should we just wait a little bit? I mean, I don't know if, is it too early? Do you think they're going to, some more names are going to emerge? I mean, that's a silly question. I mean, I'm, of course, a couple names are going to drop as soon as we finish this pod. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, second we hit and recorded, it's it's instantly going to be three more guys are hired for the job. How does it make you feel when, like, you see the defensive or uh, the Ravens fill their defensive coordinator position elsewhere, even though they interviewed someone that the Dolphins also interviewed? Yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder how expendable he was, right? I mean, so, yeah, I guess that could be a little bit of a concern. It could also be their way of saying, you know, we're going to let you uh, flap your wings and fly away and go on to bigger things. But, um, yeah, that's definitely something to consider for sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i hoping, Josh, maybe end of next week we'll get some sort of clarity. Um, otherwise, this is kind of all that's on the Dolphins' agenda at the, at the moment. You have a couple weeks before things get going. You have um, defensive line coach who's uh, still with the team. 
Austin Clark, who's working with some guys down at the Senior Bowl. So what we're going to do here is we're going to take a quick break on the other side, get into some prospects who the Miami Dolphins could be eyeing in the first round. So stay tuned for that. Joshua, if I was to tell you, let's go watch the Reese's Senior Bowl. Who do you think would be on the field for the Reese's Senior Bowl? Well, I would hope a big giant peanut butter cup mascot for one, but you would imagine it'd be a bunch of seniors, right? I mean, in the name, it says Senior Bowl, so it's got to be all seniors, right, Jake? So the Reese's Senior Bowl has always accepted juniors who met graduation requirements, but the game is now an option for all underclassmen prospects who have declared for the NFL draft, regardless of whether or not they have completed degree requirements. Josh, I think it's time to remove the idea that it's the Reese's Senior Bowl. And, and hear me out. Bowl season's over. Bowl season ended like a couple weeks ago. Why don't we just call it the Reese's Cup? It's like three days uh, of working out. Call it the Reese's Cup. That's hilarious. Uh, senior Bowl. It's not all seniors. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, and I, I, I'm assuming you did the play on words there with the peanut butter cup, right? You what? did that intentionally? Yeah. Okay. So you did. I'm, now I look like an anus, but yeah, I change it, man. I'm so sick. There's so many bowl games. I don't even know why. Like when you're in college, man, you win one six games, and you play in a bowl game. Are they like, are you stoked about that? I don't, we're getting off track. Yeah, man. I, it makes no sense. Should be all seniors, but um, for scouts, I'm sure they're loving being able to see some of these underclassmen that maybe you wouldn't have had an opportunity to see elsewhere. Yeah. It's just a huge showcase of the, um, some of the nation's best players. So call it the Reese's cup. That's fun. However, Joshua, we have Twitter has been a little riled up lately because you get some clips of uh, offensive linemen and defensive linemen going at it. You get real jazzed up about what the Miami Dolphins might do in the first round. And it seems like everyone's centered in on one player. That's Jackson Powers Johnson, the center out of Oregon. He's a junior, 6'3", 320. Joshua, what were your first thoughts when you saw him uh, putting in some work? He's the son son of Austin Powers, or is it Kenny? Which one? Which one is that? Um, my first. No, you did say centered around, right? You did that intentionally. I mean, you you're just so good. I, I mean, I should have just assumed it. My first thing was, wow, we need this guy, right? He looked like a mauler out there. There were even some reps where you see him get beat, and just his ability to you know recover and to still win the rep. It was um impressive to see. But like you mentioned, man, this is what equivalent to the underwear Olympics. I mean, these guys are out there one on one reps. They're playing with the entire field. You know, I, you have to love when a wide receiver gets open when he's streaking into the entire open field. You know, he has an entire field where this cornerback has to come and uh, people are just gushing over it. So um, my first thing was this is the guy that the Dolphins, if he's there at 21, honestly, my first instinct was, okay, the Dolphins, all these, everyone you see on Twitter is gushing over this guy. This is the missing piece. My first instinct is, okay, there's no ways landed in 21 because that's just the Dolphin way. And um, then immediately after I tweeted the Dolphins see this guy, I think it was within 13 minutes, um, He uh, Daniel Jeremiah or Matt Miller tweeted that he was uh, walking off the field. So I believe he's back there today. He's He's healthy. But me, it was just he's the perfect fit. When you think about Connor Williams leaving, you think about Liam Eikenberg at center. We don't want to see that again. And I think that he's versatile enough to play at both center and guard. So it'd be the perfect pick, I think. But, again, it's early in the draft process. And I got to be honest, I'm only watching a little bit here and there and, of course, seeing what we all see on X. But um, I liked what I saw. What about you, Jake? Bleacher Reports, uh, Brandon Thorne kind of projected that he'd be a late first, early second round pick, but he kind of has the feeling of one of those guys that we're just going to talk about a little bit more and a little bit more, and it might just boost him up, you know, 10 spots. It happens to, I mean, what, 50, 60% of the draft from now and then. It's crazy how often things are going to change. But some things that really stuck out to me, he started 13 games at center, uh, unanimous All-American. 
he was born in 2003. That made me feel really old. Uh, sophomore year, he started 12 of 13 games, 350 snaps at right guard, 44 at center. He has some experience at left guard. And Josh, I don't know if you do this. He started a bowl game at defensive tackle as a true freshman. So this is just someone who was molded, developed in the trenches. Uh, that, that Oregon offensive line was absolutely awesome. I think they only allowed five sacks this year. And this dude, his profile picture looks like he's going to laugh at you as he just pancakes you. So, I mean, he kind of checks all the boxes for me where, like, I, I'm starting to maybe jump in a little too quickly here, but I, I think that's what the Dolphins kind of need. Somebody who can come in right away and maybe give you that, you know, maybe not all pro and that might be asking for too much, but high level level play center, maybe left guard, who knows uh, on a rookie deal, the dolphins need players like that. And that kind of seems like this is a path they could travel. Yeah. And imagine hitting on a first round pick, right? Having them come in and start at center immediately. Could you imagine a world that we would live in with that Jake? Some of those different reps you see, you know, he looks like he's having fun out there on the field. He's pancaking dudes. I think at one point he like crossed the, the uh, end zone where he looked like he was uh, finishing a race off. So, we're all in agreement that this could be the pick, you know, if he's still there, a lot of, you know, draft process to go, but the Dolphins definitely need a center and Chris Greer really can't mess this one up, right? This would be almost a layup if he fell in his lap. So um, I'm here for this one. Were there anybody else that really stood out to you, Jake? I know that again, you and I have just watched, you know, little things here and there, read articles, but um, anybody else stand out to you or that you've heard buzz on surrounding uh, the senior bowl? So the Dolphins spoke with Jarvis Brownlee, uh, six foot, defensive back 190 pounds junior he played high school uh, in south florida he's from miami gardens and this is something josh to have this conversation you kind of got to uh, reset completely you can't look at the miami dolphins needs i mean you can't because you'd consider last year they used the second round pick on cam smith uh, xavier howard's still in the books at least for now you have Jalen ramsey there how on earth could you spend a high draft pick on another cornerback. So push that all the way to the side because it's February 1st. How would you feel about them kind of attacking the defense or just adding a, a cornerback? Um, I mean, I was going to say Joe Philbin queasy, but I mean, I guess I'd understand it, right? At the, yeah, I mean, no, you can't. Cam, Smith, no. I, Cam Smith, I mean, they, they, they kind of surprised us with that one last year. You kind of said, okay, this makes sense down the road, but you know, he didn't get what? a rep all year long and got beat on a double move. I remember in Vic Fangio's doghouse. Now you're going to come back and try to sell us on a cornerback uh, again at the 21st overall pick, you know, so I'm not sure how I'd feel about that. I mean, we've heard Brownlee, you know, there's a lot of buzz around him, right? We heard that he met with the Dolphins. So I, I mean, I guess if that's their guy, I can get behind it. But right now you're telling me they're going to go cornerback. I would uh, wrinkle my nose at that for sure. Another kind of small, strong guy. I saw someone sharing a hype video of Brent Grimes recently. Uh, that kind of made that comparison there. Um, he missed three games with a foot injury last year. 30 tackles, forced fumble, and interception. Yeah, man, you, this would be something where, in a perfect world, you use that second-round pick to trade back. And you, maybe this year you get extra fourth and fifth, maybe next year, and, and this year as well. So you get maybe two fourths, two fifths trading back a little ways because I don't think the Dolphins can really lean in and hope they get that first and second round pick home runs. I, I don't know if I trust it at that point when you consider Tyndall and, and, you know, Smith not seeing the field. Yeah, and if we're staying with corners, I mean, I think uh, a guy like Toledo, Quinion Mitchell, they, they're saying that this might be the best guy at the senior bowl. So, I mean, I don't know where he's going to be projected. Obviously, he's probably not going to follow 21, but, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of defensive backs out there that fit that um, Chris Greer, I guess, mold of defensive backs. So 
Um, we'll see, man. They definitely got to draft somebody, though, right? I mean, we've seen it year after year. The Dolphins throw darts after the draft, during the draft, these defensive backs. You can never have too many of them. So um, intriguing names for sure. Sorry if I brought this up uh, before, but do you remember that Brian Flores and his staff coached at the Senior Bowl in 2021? Did we talk about this yet? I don't know if we did, but I, I do I do remember. Was that that was not the year they took. That was the year they took Waddle, correct? Waddle it wasn't their quarterback year. It was the year draft. after. Yeah. I know you don't like being put on the spot, but that coaching. So this, I wanted to kind of put into perspective how much it means to be at the senior bowl. Like I mentioned earlier, defensive uh, line coach, Austin Clark is there. So the dolphins drafted one player who was at the senior bowl in 2021. Um, I I'd like you to take a shot at it. If you want, I'll keep talking until you pull up a list of the 2021 draft picks. If that helps you out a little bit, but the answer, it, it, it kind of made me chuckle when I was able to figure it out, and I'm really excited to see if um, you can you can Nancy Drew this one for me. Now you got to tell me you're giving me time and then just help me, put me on the spot with this Nancy Drew. Um, Oh, God. Is it Liam Eikenberg? Oh, it's Liam Eikenberg. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first day that jumped out. I'm like, oh, man, I hope that's, that's definitely the answer. Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> so, you know – as we're sitting here hyping up guys, just keep in mind that the senior bowl, it's fun. It's exciting. It's, it's more football, especially as you're having fewer and fewer games on the, on the docket. But that being said, um, we're going to learn a lot in the coming months about who these guys are as players. Josh in some big, big super bowl news. Did you hear that SpongeBob will be in attendance and they will be doing the, the sweet victory song. Did you hear that massive news? As, as a guy that used to have an AOL instant messenger name, SpongeBob Skater 8, I forget what it was. There's oh, probably 69. Cool. Yeah, Sponge, yeah, real cool, man. I got all those <laughs> SpongeBob Skater. But yeah, man, it's about time, right? I mean, that's what everybody wanted. I do have to admit, I might watch the Super Bowl on that Nick channel because it's uh, pretty interesting. And I think the kids would like it, but um, well-deserved for SpongeBob and company. And I think Patrick was also doing something pretty cool, right, Jake? Wasn't it a couple of years, or was it last year, the year before, where Patrick like absolutely roasted Russell Wilson? on a telecast that that i remember but but is he doing something this year i didn't see that was he not in that two tongue of Iloa commercial that just, they just dropped did you see the two tongue of Iloa on twitter yet or oh, did for, you not get to wasn't see that, that for paramount yeah the paramount one did you see that or yeah. no was so, he was so in that right a, okay i said super bowl it's a super bowl commercial though correct i think that's what it was supposed to be yeah so it was uh for paramount basically uh Tua tries to throw uh they're, they're trying to climb up a ledge, hey, so Arnold. he's throwing a grappling hook. It doesn't make it, so ha-ha, jokes, Tua can't, doesn't have the arm strength. And in reality, I think that's kind of like a, a 4D chess type of way of, I think that's why he did it. Um, and long story short, he declines that he won't throw um, Hey Arnold up there, even though he's football. His head is shaped like a football. So so that's kind of the, the pun there. But man, think about it. Like, so many people watch the Super Bowl just for the commercials. How how happy can these companies be that these things are leaking beforehand? Does, does it make a difference? Actually, would it make a difference? I think, I mean, I remember back in the day, I think it matters. I mean, I, I remember back in the day people would wait and like literally people that didn't care about the Super Bowl would watch it just for the commercials. Now you're sitting here seeing what uh, Sonic the Hedge blog or something leaking out your, <laughs> your million dollar commercial that you paid for. I mean, yeah, I think they're probably a little bit upset about that, but um, I had to laugh at it. I mean, I'm sitting there in the school, uh, drop off line or pickup line just waiting for uh, my daughter to come out seeing this thing and i just lost it because there's a lot of play on words i think he even co complained about the cold weather they were saying that he was too uh couldn't live up to the moment or something like that so a lot of play on things there but um yeah man i'd be pissed off if i were these companies wouldn't you 
And I think it goes back to the to a message of, and I don't think he was just saying it. He doesn't care. You can seriously say anything about him. He does not care. He's just focused, locked in, and you know he's improved each and every year. So ready for year four of Tua should be great. Uh, skills skills competition tonight, Josh. Uh, can, can you give me some insight on that? How you feel about that? Are you watching that? Yeah, I don't know if I'm going to watch. I, I mean, I almost have to because I always thought, you know, if they ever did these precision passing things, that two a time would be perfect for it. So I think I'll watch. Maybe on delay. I mean, you can hear the kid in the background fussing. They need food now. So um, I don't know. It might be bad time around seven, but I'll be watching just to see how Tua does in precision passing. And, uh, of course, Tyree Kill in the, uh, what, dodgeball competition? I don't know, man. The Pro Bowl – the Pro Bowl, what was it, 2000, uh, yeah, 2011, when Brandon Marshall went absolutely berserk uh, with, with, with three touchdown receptions, thinking like for the next two months, just sitting back, thinking you have this absolute stud as a wide receiver one, and you're going to draft a quarterback in the first round. You're just kind of thinking about this connection. Man, the Dolphins are finally going to get it right. You know, the, the pieces are all coming together. The defense is solid. Brandon Marshall's a stud. Just to trade him for like a third round pick, I mean that that kind of broke the Pro Bowl for me, and I've never felt the same since. There's just massive, massive trust issues. Another thing I'm intrigued about is how Tua Valoa does, because isn't it flag football this year? I think uh, Peyton Manning even joked that they brought in Wes Welker so that uh, he knew the system and uh, it would carry down to C.J. Stroud and some of those guys. So um, I'm intrigued to see what Tua Tagovailoa does in this flag football thing, because. Uh, I believe there are reports that the Olympics might eventually have it. So could you imagine Tua Tagovailoa being the quarterback of the Olympic team in flag football, winning gold medals and stuff like that? Um, the haters would be so mad. I mean, in, in theory, he's the perfect quarterback for it. You're thrown to the open space, uh, the anticipation. But you wonder if Patrick Mahomes would want to do it. And as we all know, Patrick Mahomes is inevitable, and you, you'd have to let him do it. I mean, it's it's a bummer. You, you don't want to be a hater here, but it, that's, that's kind of what it is. Well, if you're going to say that, then you may as well say, if, unless Lamar doesn't want to do it right. I mean, he'd be running around to flying football. He'd be a cheat code, too. What, uh, Josh Allen, is that another one? What a mobile – Okay. I, I, it, what's, what's the offensive and defensive line situation? Is, is there Mississippi? Yeah, yeah. What would the rules be for that? Is would you do Mississippi's? Yeah, I think I jumped the gun on that to a ton below being the uh, quarterback. We'll, we'll get back to this for sure. It's got to come up eventually, right? Is there a world where, like, well, I mean, there's got to be how many defensive players are rushing the quarterback? Yeah, that that's an interesting question because if there are Mississippi's, no miss, if there's nobody blitzing, do do you want a mobile quarterback or would you lean into the two of uh, kind of mindset? I, I think you have a debate there. Yeah. We'll see tonight when Tua destroys the precision passing competition. He's going to break all the records. And, again, the haters are going to be so mad. You hear my voice crack there? 37. <laughs> but that is it. That is all the time we have today on another Dolphins podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us. We will be back early next week. I hope everyone out there has a wonderful weekend. We'll try to keep you guys updated on if the Dolphins are pursuing other defensive coordinator candidate, candidates excuse me, and if they are looking at some other players at the Reese's Cup. But until next time, fins up. Fins up. Miami.